Meine Damen und Herren, darauf haben Sie alle gewartet. Mesdames et Messieurs, This is True Crude, the cultural podcast, broadcasting live from everywhere. <laughs> hey, Nico. Hey, Tommy. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Nico. I hope you're all doing well. And welcome to another episode of Shukrut Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, so what's up with you guys? Uh, do you want to talk about anything, anything else than Norman? <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna say a little thing about being outside after two weeks of isolation. I was uh, it's true. You were you were you were in, you were in jail. I, I forgot that. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to go out for two weeks. Because but you did you did bad things in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I did a lot of bad things in Minnesota. And I was punished for this. And Yeah, and then I went, I went out for a time yesterday. I went for a little run and I went into the Dono Park, which is a very famous park in the 22nd district of Vienna. And Dono Park means nothing else than Danube Park. And Danube, the Danube is the second largest river in Europe. And Vienna is very often referred to as the Dono Metropole because it's a city. And in this, throughout the city, you have the river Danube. And Maybe you know that the waltz is also called, the most famous waltz is called Donauwalzer. Yeah, yeah we, the we, 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 we played it on an episode, we, I remember. Exactly, yeah. we played it on an episode, and this is what Johann Strauss saw, and he actually took the river Danube and how it flows and its streams kind of as an inspiration to compose the waltz. Yeah, it's like, do, 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 do. Dum, dum, Beautiful. Dum, dum. Exactly. So, uh, sorry guys, my cell phone just rang, but you know what? I'm going to give a good example for my students who are taking Zoom classes. The phone rings, I throw it away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. Uh, so, that was the news of the week. How are you, Kimberly? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm pretty mm -hmm. tired. Um, I, my classes have gone to like distance learning. So I have to figure out how to provide all of my content to my students now online. And I feel like it's my first year teaching again because mm -hmm. I know all this stuff and I know what they need to learn, but I have to figure out how in the world to get them to learn this yeah. now that we're not mm -hmm. together in a room. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've made so many presentations online and screencasts and, 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 and. It's very time-taking, yeah. this whole online thing just... Mm -hmm. It really like has been draining my creativity, so mm -hmm. every night I'm just like, uh... <laughs> it's, it's really like an interesting thing to see like my students and like 
you know, their environments where they normally are and um, they see mine. Um, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool in some ways. But um, I think some of them are pretty intimidated about learning a language online, but mm -hmm. they can do yeah. it. Yeah. So that was about Zoom. Uh, we talked enough about this crap and now we're gonna um, go through <laughs> the other section. We decided to bring back um, a section that has a, that that we enjoyed so much um, the few times we did it, and it is the poem of the week. Okay, who wants to start reading out a poem? Should uh, I tell start? Me, tell me, do you want to start? Yes, yes. Sounds good. I will start, and this poem is a poem by Arthur Schnitzler. Mm -hmm. Arthur Schnitzler is an Austrian author, uh, actually Viennese one, and he's also very famous, and I kind of was a bit struggling to find a poem and then I thought of him because I recently saw a series on Netflix about Sigmund Freud mm -hmm. and he also appeared with Sigmund Freud because Arthur Schnitzler and Sigmund Freud they were friends and they influenced each other and then I thought why shouldn't I read out one of his poems oh Sigmund Freud and had friends <laughs> <laughs> um, yes so at least some of them, one at or least, two friends. At least one time they hung out together and then... I'm happy yeah. for him. I'm happy for him. At least on Netflix he had friends. <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> okay. okay, so I'm going to start reading out this poem. And it's, it's a poem about a man and a woman, about their relationship, about love, of course. And yeah, I don't want to, want to give away too much. I'm just going to start to read it out and then we can talk about it. Sounds good. So, Anfang vom Ende. Das all das Schöne nun längst zu Ende. Wie könntest du's verstehen? Ich habe ja die lieben süßen Hände geküsst beim Kommen und Gehen und habe in deinem dämmerigen Zimmer mit dir gekost und gelacht und habe auch geplaudert mit dir wie immer bis spät, bis spät in die Nacht. Im Heimgehen wieder durch stille Gassen Schlich's über mich so bang, wie ich mein armes Mädel verlassen, so lange schon, ach wie lang. Doch dass ich so einsam von dir gegangen, wie käm's dir denn zu Sinn? Und dass ich von deinem Arm umfangen, so endlos fern dir bin. Ich will dir morgen wiederkommen, mit lächelndem Gesicht. Und dass ich schon längst Abschied von dir genommen, mein Mädel, du weißt ja nicht. Okay, beautiful. That's it. Thank you very much. Thank you for your reading, Tommy. Yeah. You're welcome. So it's as I said about the relationship between a man and a woman, and about how they have to separate from time to time, and and it's about how he loves her and how they spend quality time together, and then in the end he has this last words or the last two lines actually are a bit maybe weird and they give away what this poem is really about it says und das ich schon längst abschied von dir genommen mein mädel du weißt ja nicht so what i interpret here is maybe that he actually is still meeting her although he kind of doesn't want to continue their relationship or he maybe has more women than just one so i i can't be Kind of, I cannot, I don't know what he wanted to say with these last lines, but 
it's a possible interpretation. Okay. So kind of about a very vivid love life of this poetical eye. Nice. Of the narrator, yeah. Kimberly, exactly. do you wanna do you wanna go on? Yeah, I can. Or did you want to, Nico? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, can I ask you guys if you've ever heard of Maya Angelou before? I never heard of him. No, her. I've never heard of, of her, her yeah. before. Okay. Oh, it's a her? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. okay. If you don't know, you don't know. Sorry, I have to readjust myself. Okay, um, so... are you gonna perform? <laughs> Not ah, this okay. time. Maybe later. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Maya Angelou um, is an American poet. She was also a civil rights activist. Um, and I think one of the super interesting things about her life is that she um, had some trauma at, as a child and it caused her to go silent and she didn't speak for years of her life. Um, but later she turned into a poet. And so I just think it's kind of this beautiful story of, of how she broke through her silence um, and in fact, like in 2011, President Obama gave Maya Angelou the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Okay. Um, and the poem I'm going to read you is from 1978. But I think, can I share first one of my favorite Maya Angelou quotes? Sure. Yes, and then I'll get to the poem. So the quote is, um, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People forget, will forget what you did. But people never forget how you made them feel. Okay, so this poem is a poem of hope, um, and it's called Still I Rise. So, Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dust, but still, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave, I rise. I rise, I rise. Thank you so much, Kim Lee. It was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Um, American poetry is really, really my favorite. Yeah. 
I like I like it's Miami very powerful. a lot. Powerful. You guys killed the game. I mean, a, a <laughs> lot of French people think they are the best, but you guys killed the game. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I can't take credit for that one, um, but it's inspiring and hopefully brings even hope in this season. It's um, beautiful. Yeah. Kimberly, do you want to say more about the poem? Why you like her so much? And what this mm -hmm. poem means to you? Why you chose it? I think she's just inspirational. Um, if you like, in school, I had to like what like read about her and re read her works and things like that, and to see what she had to overcome in her life, and that she had such a voice and didn't live in like shame or um, kind of downtrodden by what life handed her, but instead um, she didn't play the victim. She maybe for a while, but she chose to kind of rise above her circumstances or, um, and I don't know exactly her story about, I can't remember exactly how that came about, but part of it was having her voice. She was also a woman mm -hmm. of faith, and I really respect her for that. And um, um, yeah, I just, I, her I words mean, are- she's, she's repeating the whole time, I rise and I rise. Yeah. Do you think this is something to do with, with Jesus when he comes oh. back from the dead? Mm. I mean, it could be like a biblical reference. It definitely mm -hmm. could be. Um, but I think like it's this idea of like people, um, because she's an African-American woman, mm -hmm. I think partially mm -hmm. people were always trying to like put her down and in her place. And she, it's kind of yeah. her like, I refuse. I refuse yeah. to do that's, that. That's almost, yeah, that's almost a personal gospel. I think when I listened to you reading it, I mm -hmm. thought it really made me think of other poems from the African, Afro-American um, poetry movement and especially of Langston Youth. Um, okay, yeah. You know him, right? Uh, the name, yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because the, the pattern of rising uh, against like mm -hmm. evil or in reaction to oppression is mm -hmm. something really um, meaningful in, in Afro-American poetry. So it, it really, yeah. It, yeah, really yeah. made me think of that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this poem with us. Thanks. It's really great. I love this section. So, um, okay, so I'm gonna finish now. And it's funny how uh, without consulting each other, uh, we chose similar stuff because my poem is also about rising. <laughs> but not in the same way. It's more uh, a call to uh, rise above spiritually in times of uh, kind of doubt or stuff like that. But it's more, um, how to say, not, not only a spiritual elevation, also kind of, um, how to say, um, an elevation thanks to the drugs and the stuff like that. Because the guy I want to read today is called Charles Baudelaire. He's one of the most famous uh, French poets. And uh, the poem is called Elevation, Elevation, okay? Uh, are you guys familiar with Baudelaire? No. No, I'm not. You're not? Okay, so he, he's from uh, the 19th century and he actually created a whole new genre of poetry from the symbolism, from romanticism. Uh, he created uh, a huge book that was called The Flowers of Evil and uh, Les Fleurs du Mal, and um, it is about evil and how to depart from it and how you also sometimes get lost into uh, your own sins and your own uh, way of, ways of living. And um, this poem is called Elevation. I'm going to read it right now. Great. Au-dessus des étangs, au-dessus des vallées, des montagnes, des bois, des nuages, des mers, 
par-delà le soleil, par-delà les éthers, par-delà les confins des sphères étoilées, mon esprit, tu te meus avec agilité. Et comme un bon nageur qui se pâme dans l'onde, tu sillonnes gaiement l'immensité profonde, avec une indicible et mal volupté. Envole-toi bien loin de ces miasmes morbides. Va te purifier dans l'air supérieur, et bois, comme une pure et divine liqueur, le feu clair qui remplit les espaces limpides. Derrière les ennuis et les vastes chagrins qui chargent de leur poids l'existence brumeuse, heureux celui qui peut, d'une aile vigoureuse, s'élancer vers les champs lumineux et sereins. Celui dont les pensées, comme des alouettes, vers les cieux le matin, prennent un libre essor, qui plane sur la vie et comprend sans effort le langage des fleurs et des choses muettes. Very beautiful. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's about um, elevation through poetry, actually. It's, it's, that's mm. something that is really interesting. It's a poem about poetry as well and about the poet condition. Oh. And uh, this guy had a huge influence as well on um, a lot of people that came after him through their generations, uh, starting with Bob Dylan and, um, and even people from the Beat generation as well. And uh, I think it's, it's a really important poet and I love Charles Baudelaire and I didn't read this poem since I was in high school so it also it was nice for me to share that with you. Very nice. Have you guys ever written your own poems? I did attempts but I, it's, <laughs> it's not really my thing. I write songs, I do not write poems. Uh, poems is, I mean those are in some ways the same track, yeah, right? Sure, a, a sure. song is a poem to music yeah. in some ways. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. How about and, you Tommy? Yeah, I wanted to, I mean, I don't know if you know the story, but I wanted to become a rapper when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. And so this is when I tried kind of to write kind of poems as well. But yeah, yeah after my very, how should I put it, very short career as a musician, I gave <laughs> up writing poems and, and lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Um, not cool. Um, we would call them like <laughs> rhymes or verses. Um, yeah. Oh, well, and, and you should you should go back to it. Maybe what about you, Kimberly? I know elaborate. that you, you, wrote, you wrote some too, right? Um, like in the past year, I've had just a lot of like kind of deep emotional experiences. And so um, poetry has been an outlet for me to kind of let out what I'm feeling. And so actually, most of my poems are pretty sad. Or angry. <laughs> so <laughs> Same thing yeah. happens to me when I try to write a song, it, it, like... Sometimes I can write happy songs, but most of the time, 80% of the cases, it's going to be a so much depressing song. Yeah, <laughs> I think like when I'm happy, I know how to let that out in a different mm -hmm. way than when I'm angry or sad. And mm -hmm. so, um, but yeah, I, um, I've, I've written some poems. And Tommy, you but never guess... cease to write because now you're writing movie scripts for Chukut, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I always love to write, to be honest, but I never wanted to i never really felt the urge that poems are the the genre i want to stick to. i always wrote more in prose because yeah. i always felt more comfortable with prose mm -hmm. than with poems mm -hmm. although I, i really get um why poems can be a very powerful medium of dealing mm -hmm. with your emotions yeah. and they are you know and they are very powerful mm -hmm. but I i'm you know everybody is different than yeah for sure you know Some people love poems or prefer poems. I prefer, uh, prefer prose. Mm -hmm. 
100% no judgment there at all. Um, yeah, sure. Actually, for me, like going back to writing was actually important because as a kid, I wrote all the time. Um, and then I just like gave it up as something that like I didn't have time for anymore. Um, but learning to make time for those things that are good and important. So. Mm. But it's, it's really good because poetry, you can put a bit of poetry in everything. So it's really a free genre. You can kind of turn it the way you want. That's what it's also really cool. And I love prose just like you tell me as well. So it's really great. Yeah, I hope we, we can bring back this section more often. Uh, what do we have next, Kimberly? I think the next thing on the list is the twisting of the tongues. Oh my God. <laughs> this is going to be something else. Okay, who wants to start? Nico, do you have a tongue twister? Yeah, I can start for, for, for this time. Um, so uh, it's not going to be a very original uh, tongue twister, but it's a funny phrase and it's, it's going to be a bit easier than the last ones I did. So mm -hmm. maybe guys, you could try it. Oh um, man, I embarrassed so, myself last week, so I guess I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, are you ready? No, but let's do I it. I am ready. I am ready. Okay, okay. So, it's a short sentence. La pipe au papa du pape pipu. La pipe au papa de pipu? Yeah, exactly. Also, almost, almost there. La pipe au papa du pape pipu. So it means it means Pope Pius. Uh, mm -hmm. So you know the Pope Pius. Pope Pius' dad's pipe stinks. Like the pipe of the dad of Pope Pius stinks. That's what it means. And Are you even kidding me right now? No, I'm not kidding you. I wish I was. It's so French. This tongue twister is so French. But it was it was an easy one. Okay, next one. Easy for who? <laughs> I mean, it's just the people, people, poo poo. This is this is it, you know. <laughs> oh, I see, sir. You have easy. a very specific idea of how the French language sounds like. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. Oh it's my one gosh. of the most wonderful languages in the world. Kimberly, what is your tongue twister today? Do you have I one? just looked one up, so you're lucky I'm going to share one this time. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll also write it in the chat, so if you guys want to try it, you can. Okay. All right. I have got a date at a quarter to eight. I'll see you at the gate, so don't be late. Tommy. Oh, that's, that's nice. Can you repeat it again? It's in the chat, but yeah. I have got a date at a quarter to eight. I'll see you at the gate, so don't be late. Okay, let me try it. Let me try it. I've got a date at a quarter to eight. I'll see you at the gate, so don't be late. Yeah. I've got that a one's date not at so a quarter hard. to eight. I'll see you at the gate, so don't be late. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. Easy. That's for kindergarten children. <laughs> <laughs> That's for ugly hey. feet for us. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about me, Tommy? Uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Let's get to my time first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He was just tummying. <laughs> he was getting his tongue all twisted. He was tummying. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's get this tongue twister party started, even though it sounds weird. <laughs> oh, man, that's okay. so good. Are you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> Denke nie du denkst, denn wenn du denkst, du denkst, dann denkst du nicht. 
dann denkst du nur, du denkst, denn das Denken der Gedanken ist gedankenloses Denken. That is the most German tongue twister I've ever heard. Because of course yeah, so. it's about thinking about thinking. Yeah. It's so crazy, Nico. Um, <laughs> we have tried to translate it for you. I will do it again and then Kimberly you can do it or Nico you yeah. can do it. Yeah, let me try to stop laughing first. Denk nie du denkst, denn wenn du denkst. It's okay, it's okay, I can handle it for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Denk nie du denkst, so denn wenn du denkst, du denkst, dann denkst du nicht, dann denkst du nur, du denkst, denn dann denken der Gedanken ist gedankenloses Denken. This it's is, so crazy, but it's brilliant, it's brilliant. It totally is, but it's totally the most German thing I've ever heard. Kimberly, do you think you can translate it? Uh, don't think that you're thinking, because um, when you think you think, then you're not thinking. Then, then you're only thinking <laughs> that you think. And this, these thoughts, or the thoughts of the thoughts, are thoughtless thoughts. That's Something like that? Yeah, this is it, Nico. Yeah. That, that, that's really insane. <laughs> I, yeah, this I, is I, um, so German. I think I need like 50 cents per word for that translation. All right, but should I say <laughs> it now? <laughs> oh, this is really great. Thank you so much, Tommy. It's really a great translation. Did you guys want me to try it? Yes, Yeah, please. try it, try it. Denke nie du denkst. Denn wann du denkst, du denkst, dann denkst du nicht. Denn denkst du nur, du denkst. Denn das Denken der Gedanken ist gedankenloses Denken. Nice. Perfect. Somehow no, you, I managed to really, stop laughing. You really kind of even kind of performed the very well. You were so thoughtful and so German, you know, very <laughs> I was so, angry, very I was mean. so thoughtful. Good. I was so thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Secret, please. <laughs> now it's the time of our fourth section and it's going to be an interesting one uh, because this week Kimberly is going to talk about what shocked her in Europe. Yes. It's a reverse cultural shock. A reverse, a reverse, 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 reverse. Okay, so I think there was a lot of shocking things about Europe. But I think the one that has terrorized me or traumatized me the most. Oh, traumatized. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Customer. Kimberly, we know that we are bad, but come on. Okay. <laughs> so customer... what traumatized you? Okay, customer <laughs> yeah. service. Customer, customer service? service. Okay. For the lack thereof. So what do you call yeah, customer that, that's service? That's more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, like. I, should I tell an example or a story or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like in America, if I make a mistake with a bill or something like this, I'll just call them here in Minnesota and I'll be like, hey, this is me. I'm so sorry. I messed this up. How can I get out? Will you help me? And everyone's like, oh yeah, no big deal. It's not a problem. We'll help you. And then they just explain to you how to do it, whatever. If you make a late payment, you still have to pay extra money, but they're really nice about it usually. In Germany, when I made a mistake sometimes, I got yelled at. 
and I would call and be like, I think I messed this up, blah, 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 blah. And then they just like proceed to yell at you and explain to you in stern terms why you've done it all wrong. And I'm like, thanks for confirming what I already know. Now help me get out of this mess. But no. This is how it's supposed to work, huh? <laughs> this is the German strength. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think that part of it was for me, like I lived in a um, apartment mm -hmm. with some other Americans and my German was the best. So I had to make all the calls for the utilities or they made me make all those calls. And so actually like what it showed me was I had this lack of cultural knowledge about how to deal with customer service and support there, um, where basically you tell them they're wrong in return and you like kind of argue it out. But if I did that here in Minnesota, like it would be <laughs> crazy. Um, I don't even know, like you would never do that here. <laughs> I would never tell them, no, you're wrong. And this is why, you know, cause this would never come mm -hmm. up in a scenario. But even like when I needed to get my visa, my work visa in Germany, like I literally had to explain to the lady why she was wrong and needed to give it to me. And I, like, that is beyond, beyond anything a Minnesota girl has ever had to do before in her life. I mean, it sounds very funny now, but I can imagine that you really had a hard time going through all of this. Mm -hmm. And because you said European customers first, Nico, would you say that it's very similar in France too, or is it just the German speaker thing? Because in Austria, it's very similar. Customer service is not our best thing. And um, as you can see, it's the same thing for the Germans. But what about the French people? Um, so it's it's a bit similar as, as in Germany or Austria, I think. But um, it really depends on where you are. Because we are currently speaking about like stores or stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it just like in general? Or like hotlines you have to call. The thing that would like bother me to no end is like, you have to pay for these? Like, you, I have to pay for you to yell at me. Like, literally, I'm paying 30 cents a minute to call your customer yeah. service line, okay, and you're okay. yelling at me. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> indeed, we are not the best at that, but um, I, I think that's more or less also a kind of way of speaking from the people, because in France, yeah. as an example, if you call a service, as an example, I don't know, your, your phone line doesn't work anymore, you want to call mm -hmm. a hotline to kind of know what's going on, you have the hardest time finding mm -hmm. first someone who understands the problem, someone who actually is gonna direct you to another person. Sometimes you don't have only one person, but you have five or six persons during the same phone call because they keep passing you on to other persons. And I can get why it's really exhausting and, and really, um, really weird in some way. And um, I didn't have really an experience like that in Minnesota, it's true, but I, I had other problems with other services like yeah. administration but that's not yeah. really the same thing i think like that can happen here too but for the most part like but when i have to make those calls here in the u.s like i literally have to tell myself like you're not in germany like they're probably not gonna yell at you like because that's still in my head that they're gonna yell at me because yeah. i don't know what i'm doing um, that's true people don't yell in minnesota <laughs> not very quickly no yeah. <laughs> we just smile it and say please help me and you know i i yelled on i yelled at a guy in the street the other day good <laughs> <laughs> it was hello okay, how are you <laughs> <laughs> no he was he was he was doing a very american thing he was um 
crossing the road. It was my turn to cross the street. Oh. He stopped his car in the middle of the um, the crosswalk. The, the crosswalk. Yeah, which is you should. Very be annoying. This is yeah. very annoying. Minnesotans oh. are very bad at that because we're not used to pedestrians. We just like yeah. drive on our foot. Anyways, so I think like I will say though, it's been interesting because I also take groups of students to Europe, and I'm always like. I have to deal with some customer service with yeah. that too, yeah. but it's very different. I feel like if it's about like booking a hotel because mm -hmm. they actually like want your service, but mm -hmm. other places it's just like you're a great gas or yeah. like the Deutsche Bahn. It doesn't, well, I just name dropped. They like, <laughs> but I have a funny customer Deutsche service Bahn. story. Ooh. I have a funny customer service story. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, sure. Yes, but before you, before you, before you tell yeah. the story, yeah. I just wanted you know to give a piece of advice from Tommy. From experience, I know if you want to survive this, for so for all the people who are listening from the U.S. or other countries, if you come to Europe, especially to Austria or Germany, if you want to avoid this or if you want to be stronger than the person on the other side of the line, you just yell more you know you have to yell more you have to be more aggressive and then you beat this person and you get what you want this is people would refer to it as german efficiency yeah yeah yes but tommy have you ever seen me be like that ever unfortunately i haven't <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes me think of my um ancient history classes about 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 sparta <laughs> <laughs> yes, some, this is everyday life in Germany. Is it some sort of like Darwinism, survival of the fittest going I on? Feel, I feel it's a bit that way. Oh. When okay. it comes to customer service, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my funny story though. So I had to book train tickets for my student group and I call the Deutsche Bahn and it's like 6 a.m. in America because of the time change. And so I had literally spoken to this woman in German for the last 15 minutes and um, ordered the tickets and done everything. And finally she's like, okay, where am I mailing these to? And the minute I said the, that I, the US, she asks me if I wanna speak to somebody who speaks English. This is crazy. This is and I'm crazy. like, I like, honestly- and Do you know I, why? why? Why would she say that? I don't, I don't know. Like, I, and I honestly had no idea what to say. Like, we had had a conversation for the past 15 minutes in German. And I just was like, uh, and I just was silent. Because I'm like, I don't, like, excuse me, what? Like, hello? And <laughs> did, you, did you not understand me the last 15 minutes? Did I not understand you? Like, we were fine, right? And then That's she, like, crazy. kind of paused and realized that it was weird. Aw. And then... She said in German, yeah, I glaube, wir kriegen das hin. Yeah, I think we can manage it. <laughs> oh, man, that's really crazy. You know, the only rational explanation I would have is that she had kind of a script that she was reading off. And then suddenly she saw, oh, my God, US? Okay. Um, now I must... Jemanden English sprechen? <laughs> yeah, but she asks me this in German, right? And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, customer service is just not our best thing. That's yeah. it. We are good at it. Yeah. I would even say, you know, Americans say the customer is king. And here it's the opposite. I would say, yeah. no, not the opposite. No. Yeah, you say kind of when it comes to, to, let's say, waiters, you would say the customer is king and the waiter is 
has to give you whatever you need. But yeah. in Austria, say, for example, the waitress or the waiter is king. Yeah. Yeah. We say the customer is always right. That's kind of our like going idea <laughs> that like we try to make our customers happy no matter what. Um, and I mean, I think that is too crazy sometimes here in the US. Um, if your fries get cold, you can go ask for new ones and they'll do it for you. Like that's a little ridiculous because you know, you could eat them before they go cold. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, yeah, like German, oh, Berlin, Berlin is especially though, like, um, schlechte, uh, schlechte Laune mit guten Herzen, sagen sie, für Berliner. <laughs> so it's like bad mood, but with a good heart. And Berlin, Berlin waiters and waitresses are especially like, oh my goodness, you're going to order food and make me do my job. <sighs> and they're like, ugh. In Paris, in Paris, it's the same thing. I think big capital uh, in, in, in Europe, big capital cities, European cities, yeah. have these kind of waiters or waitresses. Yeah, it was weird, though, because when I was there last summer in Berlin, it wasn't like that anymore. And I was like, where these waiters are nice to me? Weird. Mm -hmm. And then we met one who was like that. And I was like, I feel like I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you have to understand when you walk into a Paris cafe or a traditional cafe or a restaurant, like with a, a certain standing, is that um, you at the moment from the moment you you pass the door you have your reservation you become a loss of time and an annoying yeah. thing for the waiter so he's going to try to get rid of you as quicker as possible mm. with having you spending the more money as possible the most money yeah. as possible so that, see that. i don't think that's true in germany i think part of the dichotomy in germany and america is like American waiters and waitresses, they need your tips to live off of. Oh, I and think so, we, we, we could save that for another cultural shock because okay. tips is, is also another a good chapter, a good, good point. Uh, we're going to save that for next time, I think. Cut off. Yeah, I have a couple of good stories about giving tips. <clears throat> Sounds good. Okay, so it's time to close now. Um, this week, uh, I wanted to share um, the track of the week of a winner of um, our last quiz that uh, didn't have the chance to share it before. He's, called, he's my friend, he's called Liu, and we're going to play his track at the end of the, of the show. Well, thank you so much, guys. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Shukrut. Shukrut. And now let's listen to Atomized by Conduit. Merci, Liu. Merci, Liu.